0: friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Down. So happy to be here with you today. It's a fun day. It's like Christmas party Eve because our 12 days of Christmas starts tomorrow. But I'm so glad to be here with you today. In fact, the guest tomorrow on Friday is Phil Wickham, and that's whose music you are hearing in the background from his new album, Christmas. Make sure you have grabbed a copy of that. Today's show is brought to you by the NIV Beautiful Word Bible. It's now refreshed with a 100 additional illustrations and newly added peel and stick book tabs. The newest edition of the NIV Beautiful Word Bible offers a -a one-of-a-kind visual treatment of Scripture for a more beautiful quiet time, or whatever other word you use besides quiet time. You'll be drawn into the splendor of God's Word through the colorful illustrated verse art and inspired to fill the wide margins of this journaling Bible with your own writing and artwork. This updated NIV Beautiful Word Bible is also easier to read thanks to Zondervan's exclusive NIV comfort print designed specifically to create a smoother reading experience for the new international version of the Bible. Now through December 31st, my friends can save an additional 10% off the Beautiful Word Bible by visiting faithgateway.com slash beautiful and using the promo code soundsfun at checkout. Again, that's faithgateway.com slash beautiful and the promo code is soundsfun. Speaking of what sounds fun, today on the show is, it's extra special. It's not just Jeff Henderson, though he would be plenty for us. Jeff's new book, Know What You Are For, is awesome for business leaders, for families, for people in the church. I just think you're going to love it. Know What You Are For. But it's not just Jeff in the room with me. His wife and his daughter sit down. So it's a family affair today on the That Sounds Fun podcast. I think you're going to love this conversation with three of four of the Henderson family. But particularly author, pastor, one of my favorite leaders really in the world, Jeff Henderson. Okay, you were just saying that you're going to start doing business breakfasts that people can go to?
1: Yeah, in fact, I've been doing that. So yeah. I've, we started in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, go let's dogs! Go dogs. So, they
0: look so good. Did you see my tennis shoes or my Georgia Bulldogs? Red shoes?
1: and black. I know yes. it's like Georgia and Air Jordan. Oh, All that's, yeah. that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's
0: right. So, that's right.
1: And now, as you know, the person to your left, my wife is an Auburn graduate. so we yeah. have a mixed marriage and so we're yeah. gonna we're driving home tomorrow to listen to the Georgia Gabe, yes. which is a recipe for a marital disagreement, I will say. Yeah. So
0: my best friend who went to Auburn is on her way here.
1: So oh, really? they, Yeah, okay, yeah, we're doing okay. the
0: three, my three best friends are coming up for the weekend and three of us went to Georgia and one went to Auburn. We're like, let's do the Auburn Georgia game together. Yeah.
1: It sounds <laughs> good. It's a really bad idea.
0: <laughs> I mean, no offense, but it's not that big of a problem this year. I mean, there are years where it is it is worse than other years. Yeah,
1: you never know. So yeah,
0: that's true. That's the problem. You never know with that one. Okay, so you'll so tell me about the breakfast.
1: So you started the, in Athens. Started in Athens and we've been to California, Florida, Alabama. I'll be in Nebraska and San Francisco. The idea is the church community and the business community don't really talk to one another. Yeah. I don't think they really understand one another. Yeah. And so I wanted to create an event for churches to show the business community that we're for you. And so and for people that Might feel uncomfortable inviting their coworkers to church, Mm -hmm. but they would say, oh, I'll invite you to a Thursday or Friday or Monday morning. Yeah. And and, and the idea, the whole premise is there's two questions that can help grow your business and your career. If you're interested in growing your business and career, come join us. And so it's been so fun. And half of the people attending this, these events have never been to that particular church. For real. And so, and they get a book and they get... Chicken biscuit, and so it's so it's been it's been a lot of fun. So this is the first first leg of the tour. It ends yeah. in San Francisco, and then we start back up in January.
0: Some of my friends in Scotland, yeah, y'all may remember, I used to live in Scotland, and some of my guy friends are in a group called Kings and Priests. Oh, really? And it is a it is a businessmen faith men gathering, so that they do get to speak into each other's lives. Why does it matter that businesses and people of faith in the church have a relationship?
1: Well, first of all, I think those of us in the church have done a disservice by calling what I do full-time ministry. Mm. When I left the business world, I, the question I get is, when did you go into full-time ministry? Yeah. And I was in full-time ministry when I was a busboy at Peachtree World of Tennis in Norcross, oh, Georgia yes. when I was a junior in yes. high school. So I think there's some bad theology out there that says what I do is full-time ministry yeah. and what you do isn't. Right. And so I think as a result of that, And I have a lot of business people that come up and say, you know, I I, I love what I do, but I just don't have a purpose. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have a huge purpose. Mm -hmm. And plus, one of the best things that you can do is just run a thriving business. Because I believe one of the ways you change the world is one community at a time. So you have to ask the question, what can can we do to help communities improve? Mm -hmm. You need, I think, great churches, great schools, and I think you need great businesses.
0: Great churches, great schools, great visits. Right. That's why y'all's church does so much for the schools around you too. Right? Jeff, you're brilliant.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but I do know. Um, but um, and for businesses, we and here's what I love, Annie. We we, we go into businesses. So um, today's for Gwinnett Friday, yeah. And so we'll feature a local business, and so we'll go into a business and we'll say, Hey, we're Gwinnett Church. We'd like to feature you on Instagram. Here's what we do, and they ask, Well, how much does it cost? It doesn't cost anything. Well, why are you doing this? I love that question. Why are you doing this? Because it's so, it's so. I think delightful that people don't understand it, and so and these aren't people that actually go to our church. These we intentionally try to find people that are not a part of our church, and then when they ask why are you doing this, we tell them because we think if we can help you, you'll help our community get better. You'll Mm -hmm. you'll hire more people. You'll create thriving. uh, You'll help us create a thriving community. So we've really we've seen businesses actually increase in terms of their sales because of our social media strategy really absolutely in fact one of them is in the book it's a little donut shop uh, i probably should uh, pick up like a vegetable juice place for more help <laughs> 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 but the simply done donuts i walked in their 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 store about 2 years ago and i i instantly know that they had to go to a bank they they you know pretty much put their financial future on the line right this isn't Dunkin' and nothing against Dunkin'. This isn't Krispy Kreme. This is right. little Simply Done Donuts. So I went and asked for the owner. Uh, her name's Carissa, and she's in the book. And I said, tell me your story. She said, well, I used to work for at and but I didn't feel like I really enjoyed this. But I, I thought, I would love to open up a donut mm. shop someday. Oh, wow. And she said, people don't understand. You know, I'm in a lot of, you know, I, I'm, I'm in debt in terms of trying to un- run this business. People come up and ask for free donuts all the time. And I said, all right, what what can we do to help you? And she said, well, this month isn't doing too well. I said, all right, I'm going to put you in your store on our Instagram page. Is that okay? And she said, is this a trick question? Yes. The answer <laughs> to this is yes. So the only thing I ask is that you put a four shirt on. And so we did. Yeah. And then we asked.
0: Oh, so you give her one of y'all's shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't great. say
1: Gwinnett Church. It just says it four. says four. Yeah. And then we said, hey, this is Carissa. She runs Simply Done Donuts. Um, Gwinnett Church, could you go by this week or this month and... Let her know that we're for her. And instantly it turned her business around. Yeah. And um, in fact, she's now uh, a multi-site. She's, she has another <gasps> get out of uh, here, another donut shop location. So in you know, for me, Having been in the business world, I know how hard it is to, to run a business and for a church to come alongside of a business and say, hey, we want to support you. No strings attached. Yeah. Um, but there is a string attached. We want you to do good for the community. Yeah. And um, so if you'll do that and hire a bunch of people and, and help our community get better, we're for you.
0: How do you decide, because growing up in Atlanta, this is, I I get some funny pushback sometimes because people go, you talk about Atlanta, you talk about Nashville. (laughs) So casually, I live in Portland or I live in, I don't know. So what I will say out loud is Gwinnett is a huge county Mm -hmm. and it has a lot of, uh, has a lot of small towns inside that county. How did you decide where to invest in the county? Are y'all literally, I mean, I know you're for Gwinnett, but are you, are you actually focused on the city, a city inside of it, or how do you do it?
1: One of the things I tell uh, leaders, Annie, is please don't go to the office all the time and get stuck there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Use your think time or your email time and go out in the community and go to coffee shops and go to, in this case, donut shops yeah. and just drive around, and you need to have a ministry. You need to have a ministry in a restaurant. So I, mm. I, I call it owning a restaurant. Okay. And so give you an example, when I was at Buckhead Church, the restaurant I quote unquote owned was yeah. Brick Tops. Okay. Yeah. You have you have a couple right of natural, there. It's right there. Yeah. So not exactly suffering for Jesus. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I pick a high end restaurant. Sure, or so, sure, sure. But I, I said, here's the deal. I'm gonna come into this restaurant and I'm gonna get to know the waiters and waitresses, the bartenders, and just gonna. This is my ministry, and I want them to. I want to be the norm of Cheers. When I yeah. when I walk in, I yeah. want them to say, "Here's Jeff," and so. I, I really do feel like, especially if you're a church leader, you, you've got to do that. you got to get into the community. So now that we have two Gwinnett Church locations, it allows me to go What two over. cities are they in? So uh, the first one is in the Sugar Hill, Swanee area, yep. and the second one is in the Hamilton Mill area. Yeah. So, and there are all these little you know, donut shops and coffee shops trying to make it and restaurants. And we just don't focus on the food service area. There are other businesses as well. Yeah. But specifically, if there's a restaurant that's opening up, we want to give them a good, a good grand opening. And I love what Andy Stanley says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because I think some of the pushback on this is well, I, I can't feature every restaurant in my city. Yeah. We don't have to. Just yeah. do it every week. And yeah. you'll be amazed how many times this Friday comes every week. And yeah. if you'll have a plan for it and feature it. And that's just a way to say we're for you.
0: Man, I'm just thinking about all my friends who are listening that are college students, like your daughter, or that are single professionals, or that are moms who take their kids to the park. They can profile a restaurant every Friday.
2: It doesn't have to be a
0: church. Like, you can decide what people—hey, I'd go to the same place once a week with my kids, the same park. Are y'all going to that park? And are you going to that— Popsicle shop afterwards.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think businesses can do that as well. Mm. In fact, one of the things I wrote in the book is that most organizations don't do social media. Right. They do digital media. They forget the social and social media, Smart. and that's the power of it. So, for example, I, I, I mentioned this. Je- Jesse uh, told me about Johnny Swim. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I didn't know – I hate to say this. I didn't know who Johnny Swim was. That's okay. okay. All right, so, That's fine. So, Jesse's,
0: Jesse would be the right person. You are the right, right girl.
1: <laughs> so let me tell you what Johnny Swim did, which I think ties into your point that becomes more social. So when Jesse was going back to college um, earlier this year – or this was a couple years ago – uh, Wendy said, hey, Johnny Swim's going to be in Atlanta. Let's buy tickets for Jesse and the four of us, our family can go. Great. Then she said, hey, you know, for an extra 50 bucks a ticket, we can get a backstage pass. And I'm like, well, 50 times four is $200, yeah. I'm told. We already spent a lot of money <laughs> on <told>. college. <laughs> I'm going to say no because that will make Dave Ramsey proud. That's so right. I decided not to do that. So there was an organization that Jesse was interning with that featured her on their Instagram page. This is Jesse Henderson. She likes this. She likes that. And she's obsessed with Johnny Swim, and they tag Johnny Swim. Well, a few minutes after this, Jesse takes a screenshot and sends it this picture to our family of yeah. this of this post that happened. And she put she put OMG. She's a preacher's kid, so that stands for Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and Johnny Swim had commented to her on that Instagram page. Uh-huh. And they said, We love you too, Jesse. Mm. Okay. Well, what happened at that moment? Johnny Swim left their social media platform, yeah. went on to someone else's, and dialogued with my daughter. Yeah. Well, guess what happened? We bought the backstage passes, yeah, right? Yeah. And so they, they got $200 richer with one single click with a button. Yeah. So what should Johnny Swim tell us when their CD's coming out? Absolutely. Should they tell us when her, their tour's coming out? Absolutely. Yeah. But where the game is going for businesses, for organizations, for churches, for nonprofits, for individuals, mm-hmm. is when you dialogue and you're more personable, the more personable you are, the more remarkable you'll be. Mm-hmm. So let's shift the focus from look how great our business is, look how great our church is, to yeah. look how great you are. Yeah. Look how what look at what you're doing in our community. Wow. And when you're for people, they'll be for you. That's mm-hmm. how this works. That's why I think it's so exciting in the business world right now because doing good is good for business. That's where this is going. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like something a preacher would say, Annie. But marketing research is proving that, especially the younger the demographic, people are asking, what are you doing good for the world right now? And if you're not doing anything good for the world, I think we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I think right. we'll shop somewhere else. Yep. I think that's a fantastic thing. I think it should be alarming for a lot of organizations right, <laughs> right now. Right, Because if you look at their Instagram feed or their Facebook feed, it's basically, we're so much better than our competitors. I mean, the, con- the consumer is so sophisticated right now, it does not surprise us that we th- you think you're better than your competitors. Yes. That's old news. What are you doing to help my life better? Yeah. And make my- what are you doing to let me know that you're for me? Yeah. That's where this thing's going, and that's why I'm so excited for business leaders right now.
0: Um, Jesse, I'm going to swing my mic to you. Are you ready? Um, tell me, what did it feel like when – what were you feeling when you got that notification from Johnny Swim?
3: I just couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was like, "This is a huge band." I followed them like for so long, and to see that they noticed me—like I was just an intern at this business—and yeah. I, I was just trying to listen to their music and to see that they cared about me enough to comment and say, "Hey, we love her too." Just meant the world, yeah. you know. And I, it encouraged me to keep listening to them too, because I was yeah. like, "Okay, like they see their fans and they respect their fans." So,
0: great answer. You're a great communicator, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff. So the thing she says is. They care about me. Right. Jesse, you're lovely. I don't know that Johnny Swim cares about Jesse beyond that moment, but that is what social media makes us feel. Absolutely. It's cared for somehow. Mm-hmm. So for my friends who are listening, they do care about you, Jesse. Don't worry. I asked <laughs> them. I just texted them. They're very caring about you. But for the example, the reason I wanted her to say that is I I, I know how that feels when, when friends of mine respond to me or notice or fan, people I'm fans of notice something. So for my friends who are listening that are starting out a business or have a small business or are writers or speakers or, uh, and and do have, so, everybody has more than 10 followers right now. Right. So they have people who are following them. Why does it matter that the public person sees the fan? And I do not like the word fan, but I don't know another word to Absolutely. help ask this question.
1: Let's take a small business that has 200 followers. It's really not 200 followers. It's 200 times the followers all those followers have. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the potential. Mm-hmm. And a business is no longer what it tells customers it is. A business is what customers tell other customers it Oof, is. Oof,
0: listen. That's so, why people keep getting canceled.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's because it's
0: not what they're saying. It's what everybody is saying about them. Right. Yes.
1: So what you have to do is you have to create what I call vision carriers who carry your message and vision to their friends.
0: Uh-huh. Which is what Jesse does Absolutely. for Johnny Swim. Well, yeah. not
1: only that. So yesterday I was in Atlanta. I spoke at this large Chick-fil-A convention. I told that story. I said, how many of you have heard of Johnny Swim? About half of the room raised their hand. Yeah. So for the other half of the room, you know what I did? For free, Johnny Swim. <laughs> I promoted Johnny Swim. Yeah. So now yesterday they got a lot more fans and the fans that were already fans they were like, wow, I didn't know that they did that. And so i give you an example. For us, at our staff meeting, we meet every other week. We begin by going to Instagram, and we search hashtag for Gwinnett, and we all like the photos and comment on the photos. And what that does for us, Annie— From your
0: personal accounts?
1: Yes, from all of our personal accounts. We do this from the Gwinnett Church account as well, but from all of our personal accounts. What that does is we want to grow a large church small. We want to grow small. We want to grow. We want to reach more people, but I don't want to lose the small, intimate they're noticing me. And again, you can't do it for everybody, but you can do it for a few. That's why I love walking around in the halls and going, hey, how was your trip to Disney? Which might seem a little stalker-esque that the pastor knows (laughs) that you went to Disney, but more often than not, they're like, oh, wow, the pastor notices and and is paying attention. And a lot of that many times is symbolic because you can't do it for everyone. But when you do it for a few, they notice and they tell their friends about it. And if you can equip vision carriers to do that, they'll tell your story. And that's where the credibility lies.
0: So help me with the people, and I feel this sometimes, how do we relieve the pressure of, well, then you should talk to every person who talks to you or your books won't sell. Right. Or you should, if you don't respond to a so I don't even read my DMs. I just can't right a men are gross not all of you but but there are men in my dms did you hear that jesse <laughs> that's a
1: good that's a good word
0: yeah jesse stay out of your dm sister if he can't if he can't comic publicly he doesn't get to talk to you that's right and so i for that reason and because the expectation of someone who the expectation is very high mm-hmm. if because they feel like well if annie sees this she should respond right and so i say in my bio i'm not in my dms but i read every comment right so comment um but there is this massive pressure that if you are not the dancing monkey they expect you to be, they will say that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he didn't respond to me. Right. And he didn't. And so there's this pressure on business owners like myself and like you as a as a pastor and as a member of the teaching team at Crosspoint for me. Right. Of what if I'm not who they expect me to be, Jeff? Mm-hmm. What if I can't do it all?
1: Mm-hmm. And you can't. And we can't. And if they're expecting that, then that's that's unfair expectations. It, it, it really is. But
0: look how much it changed Jesse's life. I want to yeah. do that for people.
1: But and I think that goes back to what Andy said of do for one. Do for a few. Okay. Do for a few. Just to have a system. So, for, for example, I'll give you an example. Frank Blake, uh, who's the former CEO of Home Depot, he would write 100 thank you notes a week to Home Depot associates. That's a high bar for me. I don't know that I can yeah. get there. But you know what I can do? I can write three thank you notes a day, five days a week. And I can't write thank you notes for every volunteer in my church this week, but I can write three, and three times five is 15, and 15 times 52 weeks is something. Yeah. And so I, that, there's a number there. So what helps me is to know that perfection is impossible, but I can make progress. And so I have, I have a goal, and then I have a system. So mm-hmm. if you were to come into my messy car right now, you would see in the glove compartment there's a stack of, of notes, so that if I'm... Uh, at a coffee shop, and the person that there is late, I've I, I got to write three thank you notes uh, today. I carry a list of uh, of addresses of of people in our church that are very... Uh, you just have like in. a spreadsheet on your phone? A spreadsheet on my Brilliant. phone. And and then on Sunday nights, I'll text the team and say, were there any stories today for volunteers that you would like for me to write a thank you note to this week? It's a system I can't write. We have hundreds of volunteers at our church. Yeah. They will be disappointed if they were expecting a thank you note from me. Yeah but I can write three thank you notes a day. yeah. And so I wouldn't try to live up to that pressure. I would have a system, though, yeah. and to know. Like, for example, I have not written three thank you notes today, but we're, it's in the morning. I still got yeah. time to go, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And am I perfect at that? No. Am I good at that? Pretty good at that yeah. because I have a system and I have a goal.
0: How does a donut shop owner write three thank you notes a day? What's the translation of that? is that for their employees or for their customers?
1: It could be. It could be for... It could be for their employees. It's a small business, so but I would I would really think that the writing those handwritten notes are good. I would do it for the schools. They have a local high school next to them, uh, Duluth High School, and mm-hmm. so I would write the principal, I would write teachers, and and then one of the things that they're doing, and and I'm, it's been fun for me. Um, you know, you can take uh, the, the the boy out of marketing, you can't take marketing out of hey, the boy. Same, so same. so I got a text from them yesterday saying, "Hey, our second store, this this, could you help us?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, drop me in that briar patch. I would love to do that." <laughs> And um, so anyway, but I do think writing notes now, you know, a lot of customers, you don't have their, their addresses, but anytime that you do a catering order or something, boom, you've got to write a handwritten note. Yeah. And I just really do believe that. In fact, in the, in the book, Frank tells a story that he was in a Home Depot one time and, a, and a, an associate came up and said, Mr. Blake, you sent me a handwritten note and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for it, but could you write me another one? And he said, well, well, sure, but why do you want me to write you another one? He said, well, when I got it. My wife and my friends, I showed my friends and said, Frank Blake wrote me a handwritten note. And they said, it's not real. It's computer generated. If you put it underwater, the ink won't run because there's no way that the CEO of this organization yeah. would write you a thank you note. So you know what he did? He took the note and he put it under water. The good news was the the ink (laughs) ran. The bad news is the ink ran and it ruined the letter. So he came up and said, could you write the thank you note again? So for me, when I tell that story to leaders, I'm thinking, ladies and gentlemen, the bar is so low. Yeah. All we have to do is write some thank you notes and tell people, I see you. Yeah. Um, I notice you, and that's when you notice, when you tell your fans and and your customers and your followers, I see you, I notice you, you become personable, and the more personable you are, the more remarkable you'll be.
0: Yeah. It matters. I mean, it's something I wrestle with so much because the one-on-one interactions, we all have the same amount of hours in a day, and this conversation with you is a gift to me and a gift to so many of us who are listening. If I was writing 50 thank you notes during this hour, it doesn't, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? I'm having a hard time. It is really hard for me to figure out how to love the individuals while I'm doing the work for the individuals as a big group. Welcome, and it is really hard. Welcome to my life as a pastor yeah, yeah. of two locations that yes. I go back and forth. Yes.
1: So you have to release yourself from the pressure of everybody and perfection. Yeah. And I'm going to do something today because if we if if you if you try to live up to that standard of perfection, that's called burnout. Yeah. But if you don't have a system, then what happens for me as a pastor is I just have two large churches and I just I talk myself out of trying to make yeah. those those personable. And again, a lot of this is symbolic. It's symbolic to say, I notice you. I can't notice everybody, but I can notice you. Yeah, and I think you see that in the life of Jesus. Large crowds who touched me, and the disciples are like, "What are you talking about? Right. There are all these people around you. Right. I know, but I, I can I can help this one person." So yeah. I would release yourself from perfection, and I would go. I'm going to have a system of maybe two thank you notes, one thank you. And maybe we just say, maybe we start with one thank you note a week or something yeah. or one comment on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and and it's, and it's hard, but I do think that symbolic uh, and it allows me when I do that, when it allows me to go into the community and have a conversation with a donut shop owner, mm-hmm. here's what it, it puts me back in real life for a moment. Yeah, Cause I can look at two large churches and, and I can talk myself out of being removed and go, you know, I'm so busy and I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. no, I'm distancing myself from the real pressures of someone who has a, a lot of debt on the line to try to put a donut shop in and make yeah. a living. And yeah. so for me, that helps me stay grounded, if you yeah. will.
0: A couple of weeks ago, we had our graphic designer, Caitlin, do, make postcards. And so what Jenna's been doing is when someone mails us something – She'll uh, unzip the envelope. That's not the word. She'll <laughs> open the envelope. She'll set the envelope here with the letter. She doesn't read them. She just opens them and then puts the postcard right next to it. So all I do is write a little thank you back. And so our system has become in the in the last week. I mean, we're just doing this, but going like, okay, we I, I can't write everyone back a letter, but I can send them back a postcard and thank them because they took time to mail us a picture and a letter and and so we're trying. But it but the pressure to be for all.
1: You can't do has, that.
0: Has been hard for me. Can
1: I release you from that pressure? Yeah, I would like I to release know. that, release you from that pressure. But I don't want to release you from that pressure completely. And here's why: if I release you from that pressure completely, then you can lose touch. Yeah. You can. And if I, for example, if I release myself from that pressure, uh, I release myself from staying in touch with people that I want to serve. Right. And I can talk myself out of it, and um, you know, two large churches and all of that. Yeah. I can't do that because yeah. I, if I do that, then I'm not serving them well. Yeah. And so, but I, I can't at the same time succumb to the pressure of perfection. Yeah.
0: And I would think that for business owners, for ministry leaders, for teachers, for principals, the, your first line of who, who you thank and who you focus on are the people that are volunteering and working for you. And so, and then the, you know, the principal should be thanking the teachers before she thanks the children.
1: Exactly. And
0: the ministry leaders should be caring for and discipling their volunteers, hoping that that pours the volunteers into pouring into the people who are in their small group.
1: Exactly. And here's why that's important. The customer, if you can take it from a business perspective, the customer is eventually treated like the team is treated. Mm. So you can have, you can say you have the best customer Um, stewardship and best customer systems and all of that but if you're treating the team in a dysfunctional way it eventually flows to the customer yeah so in my former life in the quick service restaurant industry when I walked up to an to a counter I could tell instantly how the person behind the counter is being treated because it's flowing right to me wow If they don't look at me in the eye if they act like I'm bothering them Mm -hmm. if they're somewhat rude and and, in and terse I go, you know what, I feel sorry for her or him because that's how yeah. they're being treated. Yeah. But when they look at me, they smile, we're so glad you're here, All my pleasure, all this kind of, kind of stuff, I can think, oh, I know how you're being treated, and yes. it's flowing right to me. So that's why I tell our team, my number one customer at Gwinnett Church is not the people who come to Gwinnett Church. My number one customer is the team. Yes. And I'm going to serve them incredibly well. I was try try to, because I know if I'll take good care of them, they'll take care great care of the church.
0: Yeah, I think that's why your book Know What You're For is so important. I mean, I love that this is this show's coming out right at Christmas. And I just love it because I think, man, there are so many people who a do not know how to shop for the dudes in their life. And so we are <laughs> handing them book after book right, that could be right. for the right dude, but I also think, man, there's so many moms who want to impact the school their kids are in. Or there's so many of my friends who are 28 and they're in their fir- five years into their first career, and they're and they're trying to figure out how they can make a difference as a mid-level person in their company. Mm-hmm. And I think know what you're for is so helpful of that because then it'll it speaks into here's who you can serve that will trickle down right as you go.
1: I hope so, and that's one of the reasons I, I told people uh, you might be a little disappointed that a pastor wrote a book. There's only one Bible verse in the entire book, but no. but the reason I did that is I wanted this to be a business book. I wanted churches to be able to take it into schools and go, here, read this book. It's going to help your school, yes. and I wanted them to be able to do that as a way to say we are for your community, so I just got—this uh, is really cool. I got an email a couple weeks ago, Annie, where a pastor in Ohio said, I just— I bought books for all the teachers in the school. They looked at it, flipped through it, and they said, "Okay, we'll, we'll we'll do this." And and she was able to do that because there was it was more of a it was written more for the community right uh, for the than the religious community. And and but I do think that the two questions in the book, it it, it won't just grow your business or your career. It'll grow you and that's, that's why I think these two questions are really, really important. And, and I, I mentioned I was at Chick-fil-A yesterday. I've really been blessed to work at two thriving organizations. Chick-fil-A, they'll be, they'll have $10 billion in sales this year, and oh then gosh. North Point Ministries, which was voted the lar- or named the largest church in America a few weeks ago. I don't know if that's true or not. But, oh, wow. But for the last 22 years... I've had an opportunity to be on the front row and I've learned some things. And I realized this is really a stewardship responsibility that I kind of tell you, here's what I've learned. And that's if I boiled it down, I would boil it down to the two questions in the book. Are you going to tell them or do we need to read them? No, I would love that. So the two questions, first question is, what do you want to be known for? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be known for? And it sounds like a simple question, but here's what I would encourage all leaders or, or startups to go to do. I would go around and ask your team, what do you think we're known for? And I think what you'll mm. find is you'll find differing answers. Yeah. So what, what that's called is a vision inventory. You're taking an inventory of the vision. And if the team, here's the challenge with this: as you walk around the, t- the organization, you go, hey, what do you want? To, what do you think we're known for, or what do you think we want to be known for? When there's confusion in the office space, there's confusion in the marketplace about that. Mm. So if there's confusion about the team of what do we want to be known for, you got to stop, call a timeout, rally the troops, and go, what do we want to be known for? Yeah. Zappos is a great example of this. They want to be customer known for customer service. Yeah, customer service and delivering happiness is yes. what they call. I mean, I went out to Vegas a few years ago to see them. Um, That's where they're based in Vegas. Yeah, well, Henderson, Vegas, which is right Bizarre. near. Yeah, and so, but if you walked around, Annie, yeah, you should go out there. By the way, yeah, we we'll, we'll take a road trip. You and me, Wendy listen, and Jesse. i do it. Everywhere you go, is deliver happiness. Deliver happiness. Even in the restrooms, deliver happiness. It's all because they want you to know. Here's what we want to be known for. That's question number one. That's your question. If you're an organizational leader, pastor. Um, Mom, dad, wherever, that's your question. The second question is not yours. The second question is, what are you known for? Mm. And that is the customers, your podcast listeners, mm-hmm. your church members, your nonprofit donors. That's what they reflect back to you. Here's what you say you want to be known for, and here's what you are known for. But here's yeah. the power of those two questions when the answers to those two questions match, you create a sales force for free. If you have a unique vision, a compelling vision, and people experience it, they'll start telling others about you. Now, that's from a business standpoint. But I think this is more important from a personal standpoint Uh because those two questions, what do you want to be known for and what are you known for, are just as important, if not more important. For example, if I were to tell you, hey, Annie, I want to be known for being a great husband. I want to be known for being a great dad. Do you know who you have to ultimately ask that question to? the two people to your left and right. Right,
0: right, the two women in this room I can, with us.
1: <laughs> I can talk a good game. Yeah. I can talk a good game. Yeah. But ultimately, it's these two and my son Cole that would say, hey, how's he doing? And they'll also tell you, there's a gap. There's always a gap. There's always there's a no, gap. But my goal every day is to shrink the gap between those two questions. Yeah. So maybe maybe you have a listener today and they're not a business owner, they're not a business leader, they're not a whatever, but they're living and breathing. And yeah. those two questions, and with all due respect, I'll pick on me. There's a gap. Yeah. Uh, there's a gap for all of us. So today is an extraordinary opportunity to close the gap. Yes. And so how do you do that? Well, that's why I wrote the book. There's there's strategies in there that you and I can implement and just shrink the gap every day. That's why when you invited me to the podcast, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is an opportunity for me to be a good husband and good dad. So honestly, Jesse and Wendy are here because of you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done lots of podcasts. They've never come to any of done- us.
0: <laughs> Well, it makes it fun. I was like, when they walked in, I was like, "Yes, come sit in here with us. It's way better." Um, Yeah, Jeff. Because what I'm picturing in my head too is like church staffs who can sit down and ask that around the table, Um, youth leaders, young life leaders. But also, how fun would it be for a family with teenagers to sit down and go, "What do you think we're known for?" Yep. And then, and then when the friends' kids, kids. Friends come over. You say, "What's our family known for?"
1: Absolutely.
0: And then you kind of go, "Oh, we're the house where everybody comes swimming. We're known for our swimming pool. Well, let's make sure it's open early and stays open late. Absolutely, because it's what we're known for."
1: And you'll you might get some answers that that will go, "Wow, I didn't know that's what I'm known for. Yeah, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah. So I want to change that." And here's the reality: there's for all of us, there are some things that we're known for, and we don't know that's what we're known for. Yes. And so this requires. Courage. This requires a word that you wrote about. It's going to require you to be brave to go. Okay, because here's the thing: if we don't ask this question, here, here, here's what happens: the information is still there. It's
0: still true. (laughs)
1: That's we are right. we, the only ones that don't know it right that's right and it's hard because you're going to get some oh i didn't know that was what i was known for oh i didn't know that okay well i don't want that to be the case for me yeah. i want to change that yeah. so that's why it's going to require you to be brave to ask these two questions but i think it's it requires you know to, to be brave for an organizational leader for yeah. a, for a ceo or or a mid-level manager to go hey i don't think this is what we are known for yeah. And so that's why I think these two questions are, are really, really important for thriving organizations.
0: And I think it's good to a good reminder for all of us listening, and for me, and for Jesse as a fan of Johnny Swim, and for all of us, <laughs> is to remember that while there is gaps in our lives, the people we look up to, they have gaps too.
2: Absolutely. We are
0: all humans. So if you didn't get a thank you note from your pastor this year, he or she is doing the best they can. That's something I learned from my counselors. We say a lot, they're doing the best they can with what they have. That's the assumption I want to take when I talk to someone. They're Absolutely. doing the best they can with what they have.
1: So I guarantee you you have a listener that goes to Gwynette Church because so many people listen to your 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 podcast and they haven't gotten a thank you note from me. Mm-hmm. That bothers me. And if you if you haven't, you know, email me, and I'll write you. But that's right. Um, send me
0: your address. <laughs>
1: so here I am talking a good game and there's someone that's listening to this and hasn't gotten a thank you note from me. That is but hard. I hope Yeah. Uh, but I do have a system that I can get around to it. So, um, so that's that's reality. There's a gap.
0: I um, I'll, I'll embarrassingly tell you a gap I have. Just last week, I went to dinner with a friend, and she said, "I don't think you realize how much you say you're going to be somewhere, and then you cancel." Hmm. And I was like, "Oh, oh, I don't." Because what I do is, when someone asks me to do something, I go, "Yeah, I'd love to be at that thing," and then three different people. I say that to three different people and I don't write it down and it's the same night and I only go to one. Hmm. And and I my default has been I'll say yes and then I'll figure out if I can actually go. And it is and it was it's painful cuz I've highly disappointed some people. But it has also taught me a gap that I didn't I didn't see as well I guess the actual truth is I didn't know other people saw it as much as I knew I was doing it. Hmm. But the information was always there.
1: Well, what a great <laughs> gift. To have a friend like that to speak truth into your yes. life. And I'm the same way. I, I don't thankful. wanna I hate to disappoint people. Uh and it's interesting. Wendy and I were talking about this the other day. There, there's some sometimes we'll have events at the house and then you'll notice as it gets about 30 minutes in, people start texting. Oh, uh, I can't make it, can't make it, can't make it. Yeah. So that's it's kind of a it's kind of a consistent theme somewhat in today's world. And everybody's so busy and I get all of that. But what a great gift to have somebody in your life to go, oh, Hey, yeah. can I can I tell you uh, some information about yeah. you. That's yeah. great. We know we need those friends.
0: I mean, it was great. It was also terrible, <laughs> but, <laughs> but thank you.
1: Well, it was, Hey, you don't want to be known for this. That's okay. Right. That's so right. this is, yeah. Cause this- what she was
0: saying is, Hey, you're known for this in our friend group. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeesh. Mm-hmm. So, but the other good thing, Jeff, that I got to say that I think is important for people here is I didn't say, okay, I'll fix it. I said, you know what? I'm probably not going to be able to show up like you need me to. So I so we need to have a conversation to change the expectations mm-hmm. because I'm not going to I'm not going to become who you want me to become. I'm going to actually finally just tell you the truth of who I am mm-hmm. and what I'm capable of being. Mm-hmm. There's a version of Annie probably 10 years ago that would have gone, "Okay, so I need to fit I need to make sure this then for the next 10 weeks, once a week I need to make sure so that I am doing what makes them happy." Mm-hmm.
1: And so, can I have an older brother moment? Yeah. So this is just between you and me, but all your podcast listeners. So my my prayer for you is that God would continue to blow up, you know, your your world and your ministry and and your and your podcast and and your authorship and all of that. The challenge for you is you're going to be starting. You're going to start disappointing more and more people, and that are saying, "Hey, well, oh, you're big time now, huh? You you have to release those people from your life." And this may sound like the antithesis of four, but. What those people are, are, they're not breathing life into you. Yeah. What you want to do is to have people surround you to go, hey, I'm so excited that you and I don't get to have coffee as much anymore because I see what God's doing in your life. Those are the people that are truly for you. And I want to, as your big brother here, yeah, <laughs> your much sure. older brother here uh, in Christ, I want you to just know, can I release you from that? Because it's, it's coming. It's, it's, it's not already coming. It's, it's already here, but it's coming even more. So as you – like if you – all the great plans you have for next year, which I love, by the way, um, you're going to have to release yourself from that. Um, and, and I think that's important for all of us to know that to be truly for others, sometimes you have to release them to go, hey, it's been a good season. It's been a good run, and I'll always be here. And I'm really for you. And one of the reasons I'm for you is I'm releasing you from ever having to. One of the great gifts that uh, people give us from time to time is they'll give us something, you know, if if we're going through a difficult season and say, but I'm releasing you from a thank you note. If you send me a thank you note, I will be offended. So I'm releasing you from that. Well, that's, that's really good because they're saying no strings attached.
0: Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with the Hendersons to tell you about our friends at Prep Dish. If you're a regular listener, then you know Prep Dish has been my secret weapon for healthy, stress free meals for years. Prep Dish is a meal planning service, and every week you get an email with a grocery list and a prep ahead instructions. So all of your meals are ready for the week, no guesswork needed. Allison, our friend and the founder, and I are changing things up and offering you an even easier way to try out these meal plans. All you need to do is text meal plan to 33777 and you'll get a free week. Now, let me tell you what some of my friends told me after we told you about this texting code last time is that you need to make sure you send it as one word, not two words. It's not meal space plan. It is one word meal plan to 33777. Allison has created a beginner's menu that walks you through step-by-step the most efficient way to prep your meals, saving you so much time. If you are tight on time, which we all are a little bit, this meal plan is for you. The prep day is where you'll spend about an hour doing the chopping, mixing of marinades, Really, you're setting yourself up for success for the rest of the week. And after doing the initial prep work, each meal is so quick and easy. You don't even need to think at mealtime. Just follow the instructions and use the ingredients you've already prepped for a quick and easy meal for your whole family or just you that you will love. And I love the chimichurri. So, if you want to give Prep Dish a try, text meal plan, again, one word, meal plan, to 33777. And I want to see how easy your meals are after Prep Dish. So, make sure you tag me on Instagram when you give this meal plan a try. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Function of Beauty. Beauty isn't one-size-fits-all, so why should your hair care be? Function of Beauty individually formulates each and every one of its products based on your unique hair type, hair goals, and aesthetic preferences like color and fragrance so that your hair gets exactly what it needs to look and feel its best. I love Function of Beauty. It is the world's first and most custom shampoo with over, get ready, 54 trillion combinations possible. They formulate each bottle based on exactly what you need and you can choose between nine different colors including dye-free and seven unique fragrances including a fragrance-free option and the products are so personalized your name is even printed on the bottle and actually you can put whatever you want on the bottle mine says Annie F, but you can put whatever words you want on the bottle and they have safe natural ingredients function of beauty never uses sulfates parabens mineral oils or any other harmful ingredients in any of their products plus they're hundred percent vegan and cruelty free if you don't want to just believe me, you should know that they have over 27,000 five-star customer reviews and counting. And Function of Beauty is the internet's number one rated customizable hair care brand. And let me tell you, I love mine. I wanted a little more shine. I wanted growth. And I like that my shampoo is pink and my conditioner is green and both bottles say Annie F. Function of Annie F. And I have just really, really enjoyed using... Function of Beauty hair care products and it's funny because people talk about my hair a lot right now and I think it's because of this new shampoo. So if you guys want to try it, my friends, get 20% off your first shampoo conditioner set. So to redeem that, you head to functionofbeauty.com slash that sounds fun and take the hair quiz. It ships to the U.S. and many locations worldwide. So go to functionofbeauty.com slash that sounds fun to get 20% off your custom formula. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Now back to the show with Jeff Henderson and his family. I do greatly appreciate your big brother, I You are—I'm going to cry with your family in Uh, here—you are one of the best pastors I know, Mm. and in a season when our church was suffering, you came in and did, for one, what you can't do for all, Mm. and I remember you and Wendy stood in the green room, and you said, if you need to come to our house— and if you need just a few days away, mm-hmm. we have a basement, right? Mm-hmm, right? I remember it super clearly. And you did, for one, what you can't do for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I am loyal to my dying day to y'all oh. for that. Um, Thank you. When you came, you got to you spoke a couple of times for us when Crosspoint was transitioning between pastors, which, I mean, what a home run we got. Are you like, I mean, Kevin Queen?
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kevin is just, <laughs> he's... He's just amazing and he's really my pastor. Mm. I mean in many respects. He he came down and we had coffee just a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he told me, yeah. Yeah. And uh he's just he's just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, we call him the pastor of the pod. He he comes on here and pastors us a lot. He's just been such a gift. But mm-hmm. I have I shared this sermon of yours not two weeks ago. When you came and spoke, it's the week after we announced Kevin starting as the pastor, you came and did a talk about how you finish a season well. Mm-hmm. And how you finish the season you're in determines how the next one goes.
1: Look at you remembering that
0: sermon. Oh, it changed my life. My friend quit her job. And I sent it to her and she was like, I've only got three weeks left and then I'm out. And I said, you need to watch this. Hmm. Because what Jeff says is how you end determines how you start. Hmm. As As this year is ending, will you kind of talk to us about like, how do we end 2019 and actually this decade? What can this last month look like that sets us up to start a new year really
1: well? Great question. I don't think we reflect enough. I don't know. I don't think we know how to reflect because we're always moving forward and we always have our, you know, our heads down on the phone. And so I really, if, if I would could say anything, I would say, hey, reflect back and ask yourself a few questions. Okay. Number one. Yeah, give them to us. What worked well? Mm-hmm. What, what worked well? What didn't work so well? And what do you want to change about that? And then, what do you need to release?
0: Mm.
1: What do you need to release? And go. I'm just not going to do that anymore. Uh, I, I I tried to do this. I'm I, I'm, I'm I tried CrossFit, so I'm going to go. Kevin Queen won't like this because he's Mr. <laughs> CrossFit. I'm going to go do bike. I'm going to do cycling or something. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna release myself from that. The other question is, what do I need to stop releasing myself from by mm. saying uh, I don't do that? But you know that it's it's something that you you need to do for the people people in your life and then what what's excited what excited you about the year and then as you reflect on that then I would look toward um the first quarter in particular the first 90 days I think the first 90 days of every year is really really important and then I would take that reflection and finish this year really 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 well and have some and this is great because this is what your podcast is can we have some fun? And I'm not. And, yes. and Wendy and Jesse will tell you I'm not normally a fun person. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, it's <laughs> These two, they wake up fun. I'm. I'm like I've got to read a book today or something. And so I've got goals and everything. And by the way, I don't know if you, if you know our, the worst fight we ever had in our marriage is I surprised Wendy with a bed and breakfast getaway, and it was we were it was near the end of the year, uh-huh. and I surprised her with a goal setting weekend. I had um, like two. Oh, um, blessed. I've
0: never been married, and I know. <laughs> Three ring binders. Wait, Wendy, bi- pull your microphone down because you're going to have
1: to talk about this. Okay. Three ring binders. It was, uh, it was, speaking of a decade, it was going into Y2K. Some of y'all don't remember oh, yeah. what it is. It was 19, it was going into the year 2000, yeah. right? And I had an H2K. That was the theme of the year for me. Okay. And so it was like November. And I had, so we're going to start with financial goals and all this kind of stuff. How did that go, Wendy? <laughs>
2: Um, we're still married, miraculously.
0: That <laughs> the was Lord not our greatest moment.
2: Yeah, because yeah, what? Because the expectation was different than what you thought it'd be. Yeah, I mean, I had an 18 month old at home, or I think that's right. Um, just a small baby. I was so excited to get away, and then you know, here I get this three ring binder flip chart. I mean, we're known for the flip chart story, right? Because so many people can resonate. You have one of each and each uh-huh. couple usually, and so. Yeah, I mean, we got out there, and I mean, we were sitting on the front porch of this bed and breakfast, and I was like, oh, this is great. And then it was like, kerplunk, this huge three-ring binder goes on the you know, <laughs> flip chart, and I mean, as Jeff would tell it. There were tears, you know, but he came to his senses later. And, uh, <laughs> so he recovered yeah, I, from that. I cried I, all weekend long. Yeah. <laughs> but so. no, um, but it was it was fine. We we did make it from there. But,
1: but I do you don't have to have goals, but I but I, I although I believe in goals. Yeah. But I think reflecting in the season. But you know something that's really helped me this year? I call it first and ten. I think we put too much emphasis on New Year's resolutions. Yes. So what if you could do this? What if for the first 10 days of every month you picked something? And I've loved doing this. So I do a first and ten. Okay. And so um, first and ten could be I'm gonna do 10, 10 days of yoga. I'm gonna do ten days of just drinking water uh-huh. because I know day eleven's coming. So every right. I love this idea of first and ten. And it allows me to do something a little bit different every month because I think twelve you, you know, twelve resolutions yeah. are better than one big one. Um, But back to your question, I think if you could spend some time reflecting and thinking and just thinking, thinking Mm -hmm. is hard, Mm -hmm. but put that phone away, get away, and just think, even if it's for 30 minutes, what excites you? What did you like about the year? What do you need to improve? And what adjustments can you make for the new year?
0: And some people, and I do, I think y'all do too, have that week between Christmas and New Year's right? where you can clean everything up, but also give yourself Three hours yep. to like really do some digging into your last year, your last decade, and where you want to go.
1: And I write a letter to Wendy every year, in essence, saying, Here's this is going to sound boring, but here's our financial situation. Yeah. But, and then there's more than just the financial situation. And I say, You hey, write so. a letter. Yeah. Here
0: is the number you could look online and find. <laughs> but right. I'm going to write it down. Your
1: friend, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a little bit better, more romantic it's really than special. that. That's sure, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really. I can't but, wait to get married. You are making it sound awesome. I'll get a letter with a number I, in
1: it. I do, but that that week between that, that's what I do. I was yeah. like, okay, let's, 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 here's, if something happens to me, here's where you go and, and yeah. all that. I just think that's important. I think we, life is, life is fast.
0: Yeah. And we're starting the 90 days thing. I have a book, 100 Days to Brave, mm-hmm. and we're starting a big group. Anybody's welcome to do it Love starting it. on January 1 and it goes to April 10. Love it. Just because I think, man, if you spend 100 days on anything, it's like you said, 90 days. So I'm like, anybody. Anybody who wants to jump in they can get a book and we'll start on January 1 and go till April 10.
1: and I think that's brilliant love it and and I'm gonna do that and I love this season I I, I just love January but I think this hundred. do you? you love January I, I used not to yeah but I, I love it it's just a, there's a freshness and and uh, you know sometimes I try to trick myself that that you know August 1st is January 1st I think we could do that as well but I think the hundred day's to brave is is amazing especially with this new decade coming out I yeah. mean we got a new decade
0: now. Yeah, we're doing it. Wendy, can I ask you a couple of questions? Sure. Is that okay, Jeff?
1: I think. I'm just Jack. kidding. We've <laughs> visited <laughs> live.
0: I just would love, we don't, in February, we do couples mm-hmm. all month. So we do eight shows of couples, but it's very rare that we get a pastor business leader's wife in here with him at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just would love for you to talk about what is it like for you to be for Jeff
2: mm-hmm. and
0: for him to be for you mm-hmm. um, because you have a ministry full-time too. Mm-hmm. We all
2: do. So what is it? Yeah, my ministry is more informal. So I think the way that I've seen it is I am there to just support him, whatever that looks like. It looks different in different seasons. Um, right now with the business breakfast, he's traveling more. And that's not easy for me. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's not fun for me because mm-hmm. I'm a quality timer. So, um, But I know that this is going to be a season. So I'm going to cheer him on and be for him you know um and it's great to see him excited and and really stoked about something so whatever i mean when i see that in him it makes it easier for me to be for him and be like mm-hmm. go do go mm-hmm. do your thing you know mm-hmm. and and so um and then you know at church i mean um i just whatever i can do to come alongside him mm-hmm. and and just make him his role better is what i want to do so i'm not one to be on stage or or be on a podcast. Yeah, but you're doing it. You're but like, I am. Sit in there, and I'm like, I'm giving you. A Usually, microphone. when I have a mic in front of me, it's involving karaoke. So be careful. <laughs> Ooh, what's your go-to song? Yeah. Oh, probably "Easy" by Lionel Richie. Had a girl. <laughs> well done. See, if you
1: if you had lived in our basement, you would have seen that we have a disco ball uh, that goes while they're singing karaoke. Yeah.
2: See, it was there when we were looking for our house, and it was there in the house. And I said, if that is still there after closing, I knew this was the right house for us, and it was. And the Lord just yeah. left. Yeah. Won't he do it? He speaks through a disco ball. That's right. So
0: I'm thinking about, I'll ask you one more question, Wendy, Mm and then I won't make you do this anymore. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking about the women who are in supportive roles to their husbands. I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. the men who are in supportive roles to their wives Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. are CEOs or pastors or Mm -hmm. are leading. Mm -hmm. So for anyone, any partners, Mm -hmm. uh, what does the busy partner, and we all have different personalities, Mm -hmm. but I think you'll still be able to help me. Mm What, and all of us, what does the busy partner, what can the busy partner do? The mm-hmm. public partner, mm-hmm. the driven publicly CEO, the one who, th- there's always one who's doing and one who's mm-hmm. supporting right? in some right, way or another. Right. What can the doer be doing to support and show appreciation for the supporter?
2: Yeah, I I mean, Jeff is always, he, so in our marriage, what we've, come to realize is that I'm very much a quality timer and he's a words of affirmation. And we just celebrated our 23rd anniversary and we're getting that down finally, you know, (laughs) and what that looks like. So I think he knows to that, what it looks like to love me well. And that is to, when he does have time and he carves out time specifically to spend with me and he, whatever he does, whether it's quality time, writing me a note because he's a words guy and he gets yeah. mad because I don't always tell him thank you for the note that's there because it's, you know, that's his love <laughs> language, not mine. Right. Did but, you not
1: see the note on the call? <laughs> <right?
2: laughs> but he always makes me feel important. And mm-hmm. I always know and I never doubt that I am the first priority along with our mm-hmm. two kids. Mm-hmm. So um, everything that he does sends me that message. Mm-hmm. So when I have that message, I want to send it right back to him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's really good. And what
1: she won't tell you, and speaking of that sounds fun, when she walks into our staff environments, everybody goes, Wendy, the the fun has arrived, the party has arrived. And you need that, especially on a church staff, because the church is notorious for taking itself way too seriously. Our work is serious, but we don't have to take ourselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. And I have a tendency to just be so serious. And so she brings fun to the workplace Mm -hmm. and... That flows to the church. We want to be. We want to. We'll let Disney be the happiest place on earth. We want to be the most joyful place on earth. Yeah. And if yeah. this team feels that, it'll flow to the church. And yeah. so everybody. She's the most popular Henderson on staff by far. <laughs> and everybody I think loves Cole her. Cole isn't
2: right now. Well, maybe he's Cole is there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, is he
0: younger than you, Jesse?
1: Okay. He's a senior in high school. Okay. So. But she she brings the fun. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's good, Jesse. I'm going to ask you one more question. I'll wheel towards you. We can wheel toward each other since we're three mic people with four people. <laughs> um, so, so many of our friends listening are pastors or in full time vocational ministry. Is that how I'd say it, Jesse? That, that's good. That's good. And and they are so concerned about raising kids who don't hate the church. How have do you hate the church?
3: Okay, so that should have been the first question. Um,
0: How have your mom and dad—what's something you can think of that has helped you to love Jesus and love the church, even when you've grown up a pastor's kid?
3: Well, I think it says a lot that my brother and I both want to go into ministry after growing up in this world. And I think our experience has been a lot different than the typical pastor's kid. Um, But I think that just knowing that we have a part to play too, and like I have never felt forced into it. It's just been okay. You're along for this journey too. And I think um, when we helped start Gwinnett Church, that was an ownership opportunity for As us. I say when
0: we helped start Gwinnett Church. That's right. Yeah. How old
2: were
3: you? I was in sixth grade, so I was old enough to understand what was going on more, and like hitting it off from the ground um, or taking off was really fun for Cole and I, just to kind of see how it was growing, um, and just see the Lord's faithfulness in it. And I think, um, as we got to step in and serve every Sunday, but also in the teardown days and the, um, the little things and seeing like now what we've, what the Lord has done through Gwinnett, I think just knowing that we had a part to play, um, and just seeing the desire that the Lord has planted in both of our hearts was really cool. So.
0: It's very good parents. That's not a bad answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesse, tell me where you're in school.
3: I'm going to see him for a university.
0: Do you want to say hi to your friends?
3: Yes. Hi, guys. (laughs) I figured that's our moment. You got to tell them hi, right?
0: Um, Tell me what that makes y'all feel when you hear her talk about not hating the church. Because I think that's such a fear. Yeah. So many of my peers fear that.
2: Right. That are having
0: fifth graders or kindergartners or that they're going to raise them and not love the church.
2: Well, Jeff, being a preacher's kid, had the most amazing parents and set that example really well for us. Oh,
0: wow. Um,
2: and I think that's where we got the idea of not forcing our kids. We also um, have some mentors, David and Laura McDaniel, who helped start Buckhead Church, and we kind of sought them out when we were starting. Um, we were at Buckhead Church at the time, but when we were starting over again with Gwinnett Church, we were, you know we kind of talked with them. and. I, they said watching our kids have ownership and so i think that's a key I word i mean that we for a 6th yeah.
0: grade girl to yeah. say we that's awesome yeah, and she's right it, i mean
2: they needed her well, to well yeah, yeah you don't you don't understand the part our kids have played in in this and and to watch that and um and it's been the greatest gift to us because they've loved the church therefore mm-hmm. they're surrounded by great people i mean You know, most of the staff, the early days of the staff, are mentors of Jesse's and Cole's, Mm -hmm. you know, because, in fact, we lost one of our friends to a tragic car accident. And and those were in the early days. And we all gathered around, you know, together to grieve that. And our kids were a part of that process Mm -hmm. because we were all so tight. And so I think just bringing them along, don't make it, you know, this is what mom and dad do and this is what y'all do bring it all together and do it together. And Jeff led out really well on that.
1: And I I totally agree with that. And Jesse said something about, you know, in the tear down, set up tear down days in the early days. And they were a part of that. I still have a picture of Jesse. They were wheeling cribs back to where this loading dock. (laughs) And Jesse climbed in it one time, like, you know, this this (laughs) ship captain, you know, they're wheeling her down. I have a picture of that. And that goes back to the fun part, right? Yeah. And so I would tell uh, pastors and those in ministry, the sooner you can get your kids to serve— Mm. The better. Okay. And she said, sixth grade, yes. Fifth and sixth grade, get them serving and do some significant roles, because once they understand that they are a part of this, they say that very important word, we. Yes. And uh, and and my experience wasn't like that growing up. My I remember one of my earliest memories was overhearing my parents on Sunday night talk about the church, and my dad would say, "Well, Deacon so and so." doesn't like this, and brother so-and-so doesn't think yeah. I'm preaching right, and deacon so-and-so is mad about this. And my first thought of the local church was, why do these people hate my dad? Yeah, And that little thought formed into an action or belief that I will never, ever, ever work at a church. Mm-hmm. So for me to see my daughter and my son um, doing this, it's called preached his second message in the student ministry a few weeks ago. It's, it's just, wow, look at that. But part of that is getting them involved and in serving Mm-hmm. as quickly as you can mm-hmm. and 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 we we don't go ah oh, they're just sixth graders no 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 this is these middle schoolers are growing up they're the new high schoolers because yeah. they're growing up so fast yeah. so let's get them engaged in, as fast as we can that's brilliant
0: one thing that i'm really <laughs> publicly learning and trying to be better at is be a part of racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And so we're all white people sitting around this table, but yeah. I know you have, Gwinnett has done a beautiful job and has really been intentional about being for people who are different than us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Give me a couple of steps where a couple of things people can do that when we're thinking about being for our local community, for our schools, for the businesses. We want to see growth in churches, businesses, and schools that are healthy. How do how do we also make sure we're doing that for people who don't look like us?
1: The only way this is going to happen, Annie, is if our friendships are diverse. Mm. So it's easy for me to get up on a Sunday and say, we need to be a diverse church, but if I don't have diverse friendships, it's just not going to happen. And I think we all, everyone, we have to be more intentional about that. Yes. We, don't, we don't drift toward diversity, I don't think. No. Uh, we don't drift toward health. And so we've had to intentionally, I've had to intentionally do that. And to, and to, in fact, I was speaking at uh, an all African-American conference the other, the other day, loved it, and met Bishop Moore, and he's in Gwinnett County. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't know Bishop Moore was in Gwinnett County. Okay. Well, now we're having breakfast here in a couple of weeks, and but I, I, you have to be intentional. So Pastor Lee Jenkins, we did this uh, uh, diversity series, and it it was it was fantastic. Lee spoke, I spoke, and then Lee and I, along with Reggie Joyner, we kind of modeled a conversation, uh-huh. and we got we said, hey, let's 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 model how a conversation would look, mm-hmm. and let's pick a really easy topic, the national anthem at the National Football League. Oh, <laughs> gosh.
0: Yeah, let's just take a simple one <laughs> that no one has feelings about. But,
1: so let's model this, and let's show people how we can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. but at the end of this, we still have friends, and so we can still be friends. Interestingly, the only time in my 16 years of ministry, it was this particular service, the second service. Somebody came up, walked out, walked up front, and started yelling at us.
0: Are you and, kidding? Yes. In the middle of the, conversation, the, middle of the conversation, conversation, someone walked to the front of the stage and started yelling.
1: Yeah, um, and it was it was I've never had that before. And it was at Gwinnett, so you're a, in charge.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> of the three of you sitting up there, you're the one who has to deal with them.
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, so our team handled it really, really, really well. But it was it's hard. But you have to part it. But. And, and what we were talking about is you've got to create opportunities for people to describe it. you got to do it well. What What was so not funny, but was interesting is so many people thought that the person was staged as a as a way to symbolize this. And mm-hmm. I thought, we're not that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that. So, but it's 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 a hard topic. But for me, growing up in the cradle of the civil rights movement, um, one of my heroes has been Andrew Young, Ambassador Andrew yes. Young, and One of the things I've tried to teach my kids, I write it in the book, is ask big. So I wrote Andrew Young a letter years ago and said, I know you don't know me, no reason you should know me, but could you come and speak to our staff at Buckhead Church? And I got a letter back, and he said, sure. So Mm -hmm. he came and spoke, and he's done that several times. And one of the things I learned from Ambassador Young, and and, and he's he's in the book about this, is don't get angry, get smart. Mm. Don't get angry, get smart. Learn, be curious, ask. And if anybody has a reason to be angry in this life, if you understand his his the stories that have happened to Andrew Young, I mean his best friend Dr. King got killed right in front of him. Mm-hmm. So, but he said, don't get angry, get smart. So I think we got to get smart. And one of the ways we get smart is we become diverse in our friendships, and we have to be intentional about mm-hmm. that. That's gonna have I'm gonna have to say no to some people that I would normally say lunch to because, you know. Their, but then do this. to go. I'm going to go have lunch with Bishop Moore yeah. because, goodness, how sad is it that I didn't know that he was in Gwinnett County and he didn't know that I was in Gwinnett County and we're going to meet and have lunch in a couple of weeks. But that kind of intentionality yeah. is required.
0: I mean, it reminds me of this, the thing you were just saying a minute ago about like it will trickle down. If our pastors are being friends with and I'm speaking as a person who teaches yes. from a platform yes. in Nashville. If if the people on stage are intentional in their friendships being diverse, that will trickle down into the people. Mm-hmm. And and if you are intentional as a parent, your children will see that. Mm-hmm. If I'm intentional as an Annie, my friends who listen and follow, will see that. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. There's a gap. <laughs> but, but always doing the I'm doing the best I can, but there's going to be a gap. Well, as I'll give I'm you learning.
1: a quick example. So a few months ago, I came down after speaking and I was walking I just walked down the stage and. And uh, one of our volunteers was, you know, putting things back together. And I walked up to her and I said, thank you so much for all you do. And she said, no, I blame Grace. Mm. And I thought, what? And so she motioned for another volunteer to come over and translate. And he said, she wants to translate to you. And uh, I said, okay. And, and he said, she wants me to tell you how thankful she is and how much she loves this church. She's been coming for a few months. She doesn't understand anything, but she's so grateful for all that I'll do. Mm. And I thought, I said, <laughs> I told him, I said, Please tell her, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I'm so sorry right. that she's been here for a few months, loves it, feels Jesus in the room, but doesn't understand the language. And so that's allowed us to take some steps to try to figure out, how do we do Gwinnett Church Espanol? Yeah. Because Gwinnett, and this is true for really America right now, but Gwinnett, that's where I live, where we live, it's the most diverse county in Georgia. Oh, wow. And so we if we're going to be a church, we got to— that's amazing. So, yeah. how can we do that? Well, first of all, I need to learn Spanish. Mm. <laughs> I didn't pay attention in high school. I should right. have. So, there are some things that I need to do, but it's, it's going to require me being intentional and carving out time for it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So, the last question we always ask because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what y'all do
1: for fun. So here's here's why these two need to. I'm going to answer it, but these two—they're the fun ones in the family. But let me tell you, my—I'm my, my, it, it, so excited about this. Actually, when the podcast airs, this will have already happened. Okay. But I look forward to this day. This is one of the most fun days of the whole year for me. Okay. In fact, I send Jesse cards about this particular day all year long, which I think it kind of bothers her, but uh, <laughs> or drives her crazy. I get a stack of Thanksgiving cards, and I'll write. I'll send her a Thanksgiving card in, in April. And oh go, my gosh! Thanksgiving morning is coming, and here's what's so fun about Thanksgiving morning yeah. for me. So we have pumpkin pie for breakfast. Oh, brilliant. we sit around in is our that pajamas. you, Wendy?
0: Were you pumpkin pie for breakfast idea? Oh yeah,
2: I had a girl. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And we watch the Macy's Day yes. Parade and just sit there. And we just and we know lunch is coming and all that kind of stuff and family's coming over, but. I don't know. I just love that day so very much. In fact, I'm actually wearing my Thanksgiving turkey socks, uh, right now because I knew Jesse was up here. So I know that sounds incredibly boring, but I love it. And I can't wait for that day. That's, that's fun for me. Just being with my, my favorite people eating something that I normally don't eat for breakfast and knowing that Christmas is here.
0: Well, here's the thing about me getting to be the judge of fun as determined by the listeners. Uh, Your fun is actually really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are non-fun members of families. Yeah. I think there are people who it is easier for, but everybody's fun, mm-hmm. and you're fun. Mm-hmm. So that so you, there's nothing boring about what you like. Um, Wendy, what's fun for you?
2: Well, I think in this season right now with Jesse being gone and Cole is – he's still at home, but he's pretty much gone all the time. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the same thing. And that is something that we've, we're looking forward to, um, you know, because my grandmother used to make pumpkin pies and I loved eating it for breakfast. So yeah, yeah this is why we started doing this. And Jesse and I will make a few for the week and um, but I've always been known for karaoke. That's my. That's, fun. Right. That's my game. You need to come. To I our need house, to. I know. Yeah. Lauren I'm SB, great at team. islands in the stream. Oh, and no, I can I can do either part on that. Same. So let's do oh it. Oh my gosh, we're have to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jesse's like, please don't do this, mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Annie, she's like, Annie, don't do this. Annie, that <laughs> invitation to the basement. Did I say we have a disco ball down no. there? It still stands, it's and we have the disc- stage. I'll in be in a stage. Wow. <gasps> so y'all have like, like karaoke parties. Uh, at one time we did. We haven't had one in a while. That's yes, why Annie Warren needs
1: to had, come back. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, w- one time, though, I had to I had to get up and go to work the next day. Uh-huh. And so it was like, what, 2.30 in the morning. Finally, there. I just I, I just, I had to text Wendy and I said, when is this ending? <laughs> I've got to get no, some no, sleep. No, no, no.
2: Let me tell how the story went. <laughs> We're downstairs, just still going at it at about yeah. 2 a.m. And uh, I get this text, and it just said, simply, bedtime. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm, you know, I mean, everybody's like, oh my gosh, Jeff. So they all got quiet. And I'm like, wait, no, I'm still ready to keep going. It's yeah. just
3: Jeff. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's fine, you <laughs> it's <really> guys.
0: fine. <laughs> I'm okay, Jesse, your turn. Tell me what you do for fun.
3: Um, For me, I love to travel, even okay. just like small fun trips like this to Nashville just like trying new restaurants and we're big coffee drinkers so we love our dream is to open up a coffee shop one day we'll see if it happens or not but just like trying different we love like different environments different experiences so I love that
0: you're great I like she her so much
3: awesome. y'all have done awesome. such we'll a. Good,
0: you've done a great job making yourself into a great person but y'all have done a great job <laughs> of also helping her um, thank you for doing this
1: thanks Andy I We're, really
0: appreciate y'all being here we
1: are big fans
0: well I feel the same about you I am so thankful for you I'm not gonna cry again but I am so thankful for you friends, aren't they the best? Oh my gosh. I just adore Jeff. I just could not think more highly of him. Make sure you grab a copy of Know What You Are For. I feel like this is such a great gift and a great book to put in the hands of business leaders and pastors that you love as they enter into 2020. Hey, speaking of 2020, don't forget we're going to do 100 Days to Brave 2020 starting on January 1st. So make sure you have your copy of 100 Days to Brave. And make sure you give Jeff a follow on Instagram and Twitter, all the places. Tell him thanks for being on the show and how much you appreciate him and his family making time for that today. And if you need anything else, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in know what you are for. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. That's how you can find me. We'll end today's show as we will for the whole month of December with some special Christmas stories from our guests that have been on the show throughout this year. So go out and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. And we'll see you back here tomorrow as we kick off the 2019 That Sounds Fun Christmas party with our 12 Days of Christmas and musician Phil Wickham. Y'all have a great day.
2: I'm Sarah May, and I'm the author of The Complicated Heart, Loving Even When It Hurts. And one of my favorite Christmas memories is when my children were really little, and my husband and I were just really in a mood to do something different, Mm because we always do Christmas at home, um, or we go to families. We ended up, we had points that we had at a hotel, and so we ended up going to the Hilton, and we swam, and we drew a Christmas tree on the wall, (laughs) like with this big paper thing, and we watched a movie, and we had room service, and we just did everything like a home alone situation like when they were in the hotel I mean we didn't have the 200 and like a $2,000 bill Uh, (laughs) but we totally just thought let's just go do something different and it was really fun and our kids remember it this to this day.
1: Hey my name is Jeremy Cowart I'm the founder of The Purpose Hotel and author of I'm Possible and my favorite Christmas memory is a couple years ago when uh, I was doing help portrait and Santa Claus showed up and um, I told him about the hotel and that we didn't have any land and he said well i own uh four acres downtown nashville um and we need a hotel on it and so would you consider building your hotel on our land and so long story short we are building the purpose hotel on the property of santa claus the the real santa claus and it's just amazing what can happen when you just show up and uh you know pursue god's calling in your life and truly miraculous things can
2: happen Hi, my name is Emily Chapman Richards. I'm Executive Director at Show Hope. And one of my favorite Christmas memories, this is just recently, we got a letter to Show Hope of a little one who we had been able to care for at our care centers in China. And while he was at preschool in uh, the care centers, he made ornaments uh, during preschool lessons in China. And we were able to Get those ornaments gathered and send them to his family that had adopted him. And so this past Christmas they hung the ornament on their tree and his home forever tree. And that was a really special letter to receive. And to see that part of his history in China was coming with him into his home and gonna be with him forever.